Fridge Guys. All right, we are back again. A uh, new episode. This is episode 19 of Fridge Guys podcast, hosted uh, by myself, Dane Patton. We're down here in the horror man cave studio basement. <laughs> And uh, I have a special guest today. His name is Toby. How are you, Toby? Good. What's going on, everybody? Oh, well, we're about to drink some beers. That is a great thing. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome that this is episode 19. Uh, that was my uh, baseball number this year with uh, my son's team. So, hey, this is uh, it's an omen. Perfect, there you go. Perfect. So, um, if you're not familiar with the Fridge Guys uh, podcast out there, uh, just a local craft beer um, podcast. We we drink well. We drink local beers and beers from all over the place. I have an extensive uh, collection of craft beer, and I like to share it with uh, with good friends. So, I invite people down here. We we drink beers. We talk about beers. We we talk about what uh, what you have going on and. Uh, Today will be uh, today will be a fun one because we're going to talk about beer, but we're also going to talk about one of my other favorite things: barbecue. They go well hand in hand, as uh, as everyone says. Beer and barbecue—you can't have one without the other. Uh, I'll, we uh, we are ri- ri- what do you call it? Uh, there's a ritual in life, especially when we cook, that uh, you have to have a beer in your hand when you uh, when you cook. When you're behind a grill. Well, grill smoker, whatever <laughs> it is, you you, you got to have a beer in your hand. Well, I have a beer in my hand here, and this is um, this is from uh, Iowa Dave. He uh, he's a listener to the podcast. Um, he sent uh, myself and the guys at Three Beers Later some beers. This is Single Speed Brewing, a limited release called F Thirty Five. It is a double dry hopped New England IPA, Mosaic and Simcoe. That's uh, a 12-ounce can, 6.4% ABV out of Waterloo, Iowa. The can looks amazing. Uh, for any aviation fan out there, that is... That's a great sound. But for any aviation fan, that, that can is uh, simple, and it's uh, a pretty good-looking can. The beer smells pretty good after I cracked it open. You can choose whatever glass that you would like over there. I will choose the uh, Brickway glass just for the, all the boys in Omaha. Yeah. Smells pretty good. Juicy. Very yeah, juicy. Very juicy in the nose. It's not overly hazy either, though, for a New England style. it's It's got... A little bit of haze. Yeah, yeah, but it's not crazy. Some of these ones that we've had on here are just covered in lactose and whatever. You can't see. You can't really see through this one either, but... Yeah, what do the aviation pilots say? The the visual, or, or you know, <laughs> uh, you can see about a mile through this. Yeah, yeah the the visual is pretty the good. Clicks north or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tastes like a Simcoe and Mosaic IPA. A lot of citrus up front. Yep. A lot of citrus up front. It's a a tongue tickler. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it is a little bit. Yeah. No. Very good. Uh, very good mouthfeel to it it's uh yeah i'll tell you it's for a new england it's light i that's the that's the one thing that for a new england it is very light yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty easy to drink you can crush these six percent it's not bad 
Yeah, I think the double dry hopped is uh, a little misleading on the whole. You know, you think double IPA, and it definitely uh, yeah. it's super light. Good oh. beer, very good beer. So, Toby, what um, what's kind of like your relationship with craft beer? Um, you like to drink it, I'm guessing. I do. Um, I'll tell you, my first I can remember. It's it's kind of weird. How, you know, I remember my first beer, but. Uh, my first ever craft beer was uh, in a brewery in, in Phoenix, Arizona, Tempe, called Rio Salado. Uh, they had a, a very small tap room. It's actually been taken over by Hess Brewing. Uh, I had a uh, authentic um, Hefeweizen nope. with a banana finish and everything. It was an amazing beer, and it was kind of one of those things. My dad and I went, and he said, you got to try this. And, of course, you know, I'm a Coors Light, Bud Light drinker oh, yeah. that, you know, Coors Heavy, it's – that's just what I drank. And so we went into Real Salado. And since then, I've just uh, I've been a craft beer fan. I, I uh, lived in Seattle for about four years. And uh, I remember my first night in Seattle, I had Mac and Jack's uh, African Amber Ale. And for anyone that knows uh, Seattle or Washington Brewing, I mean, Mac and Jack's is it's up there. It's awesome. I've actually had a growler delivered. Someone was leaving Seattle and... I called Mac and Jacks, and those guys know me by the crazy Nebraska guy because, again, I've <laughs> tried and tried and tried to get that beer uh, in Nebraska. And uh, so we had a player when I worked for the Salt Dogs. We had a player that was from Seattle, and he was coming back for spring training. And I said, hey, will you do me a favor <laughs> and stop? I will set it all up, but will you stop and pick up a growler for me? And they stopped, and I called Mac and Jacks, and they actually uh, – CO2 spray their growlers so uh, for extra extra sure. little cushion and yep. so he uh, he drove it back and I had a uh, growler delivered to me and it was I, I have a picture of it I actually uh, I actually secured it in my child's safety seat for you know <laughs> when I picked it up and uh, got it back and I enjoyed drinking it, it was about uh, I want to say it was a ten year difference from when I first had it to when oh. the last time I had it so. But, uh, yeah, craft beer, um, I uh, started working at uh, Blue Blood Brewing Company uh, in 2015. Um, I actually, when I was with the Salt Dogs, Brian and I met, and we um, we developed the 643 Double Play Pilsner. Um, He developed the the beer, and I developed the name, and uh, from then on, it was uh, a match that that served that ballpark very well. And uh, so the Double Play was... Uh, if you remember Blue Blood, when they first came out, the all the beers were like badge numbers or numbers. And I yeah. said, you know, the most common turn double play is a 643, and it just fits. So we made that Pilsner and um, started working there full time uh, as their general manager for uh, in 2015. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been a blessing and until uh, 2017 when I left to take back out a, a hospitality tourism career. So that's what I'm doing now. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I'm glad you're uh, glad you're here sharing a few beers with me, and uh, you, you're also do you also do something else? I do. Uh, I cook competitive barbecue, and a lot of people kind of laugh and they're like, you, you know, competitive barbecue. It's like, yeah, uh, we we try and compete. Uh, this year we've taken a really slow year, um, but we're doing uh, anywhere between eight and ten contests a year, and. These contests are anywhere. Uh, we do regional contests. Uh, the biggest contest we cook is the American Royal down in Kansas City. All right. Competitive barbecue. I like the sound of both of those words. 
<laughs> I'm a competitive person, and I love barbecue. So what? Uh, I'm I'm I've never been to a barbecue competition. Well, I, I've been to like rib fest. That is not competition barbecue. No, no. Rip Fest is an amazing event. Um, I, it's very sad to see that that event uh, is no longer going to be in Lincoln. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those situations. Competitive barbecue, um, you know, became really, really big uh, with the show Pitmasters, and uh, that has kind of given the, I guess, the world a little taste of what competitive barbecue is. Um, there's cities towns a lot of different areas um i mean nebraska holdridge nebraska hosts one valley nebraska hosts one there's one coming up in arlington nebraska um and what it is is they host a fundraiser something along those lines it could be like you know uh swedish days in holdridge or it could be you know the valley veterans competition what they do is they bring in uh, a very nice purse and uh, guys come in and, and compete in four meats and it's uh, chicken, uh, pork ribs, uh, pork butt, and then brisket. And you tally up your, we have judges and basically you prepare this food and you get there on a Friday and uh, turn in is Saturday at noon. You have uh, chicken at noon, uh, pork ribs at uh, 1230 pork at uh, one o'clock and brisket at one thirty. so it's a it's a two-hour timeline there that you literally have to have a uh, a box ready to go with six samples and they have to be open. it's it's really a one bite challenge you get one bite for a judge to give you a score and there's six judges at a table and they each take one bite of your offering and hopefully you score well and they judge on um, uh, taste tenderness and appearance so you have three little categories, and they add up your scores, and you hope to get a nine. A nine is the best score. So nine, nine, nine is awesome. Um, that's a perfect score. So nice. So, so you can't have anything <coughs> pre-prepared or anything like that when you get there on Friday. No, uh, the only thing that you're able to do is is trim your meat. So if you get a brisket or you get your pork butts and and chicken, like you do a competition trim with those. Um, we will take a pork butt, so an average pork butt that we'll take, and uh, we actually get our pork butts at uh, Fairway Meats here in Lincoln. Uh, we we cook Comfrey Farms. It's their Duroc pork. And uh, our, we average uh, about a 10-pound pork butt. It's a bone-in pork butt. And when we're done with our competition trim, uh, it's 4.1 pounds. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of pork trim, which is nice. We, get, <laughs> we do a lot of pork fajitas at my house, and we do, we, we do some definite things with pork. But the, the key is, is to trim that down to the necessary pieces that you need or the necessary piece. It has to be one piece. Um, you're looking for money muscle. You're looking for what they call the bacon. Um, you're looking for a lot of different things. But the more you cook, the longer it takes. So the key is is to knock it down to that competition minimum weight that the, it has to be at weigh-in or at inspection, 4.1 pounds. Okay. So you have to have at least four pounds to start. Correct. And then, uh, then you do your magic. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's no way this would be possible without, you know, support and love from everybody in our families and our sponsors. But, you know, when it comes to the chicken, we, we 
exclusively cook smart chicken. Uh, smart chicken's local here. Um, we know that what the products we're getting from them is second to none. It's hands down the best chicken in the area. Um, we do chicken thighs, and we know that those thighs are kept fresh. So we'll go to uh, Super Saver on Pine Lake. I got to throw out a little hay, Super Saver, but uh, we'll do Super Saver on Pine Lake, and they'll uh, they'll have uh, they'll let us kind of cherry pick weights that we want, and we pick out uh, we pick out some nice thighs and uh, and competition trim those down, and those will be cut down. They usually lose about if we get. Um, box of thighs that are anywhere between like three pounds for a family pack we'll probably trim those down to roughly about two pounds so we'll have quite a bit of trim off those and the thing you want to look for is you want to look for them to be all looking the same way like all kind of a little rectangle shape that all are like everything looks the same sure so because you got you have six judges so you want all of their samples to to kind of mimic each other absolutely and the thing is is you get easier cook um it's an easier cook process because you know that with everything being roughly the same weight same size same look that they should all cook the same versus having one cook a little longer one cook a little slower you know your tenderness and that sort of stuff sure so when my wife throws different size hamburgers on the grill she thinks they all cook the same time (laughs) yes they do all wives yes yes and i love my wife to death so uh at the end of the day yes ma'am she Uh, she's the griller of the family it's really funny but i despise standing in front of a gas grill which is something i don't know why but so if we cook burgers, she's got them. I'll, I'll cast iron skillet burgers all day long, but sure. in standing in front of a gas grill, I'm. It's not. Uh, it's not my forte. Yeah. So let's let's go back a little bit here. We'll, we'll come back to the the uh, the barbecue. But like, how did you like? Have Have you been a cook before, chef before? Is this like this has just been a maybe a side passion that you had? Uh, you're smoking meats, and somebody <laughs> said your meats were delicious. And yeah, it's really funny, but no, I uh, I think I got the the barbecue bug. Um, my aunt lives in Houston, Texas, and we've gone down there and and uh, and seen the uh, uh, or experienced, I should say, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show and. It's one of the biggest barbecue competitions in the world, um, 390 to 400 teams, um, and it is, uh, it's, it's just amazing. And when you see what these people are doing and see what they can do, it's one of those things where you're like, well, what, you know, I'm over, over 35, uh, I lost my athletic ability a long time ago, <laughs> um, so what does someone that's over 35 that uh, has no athletic ability still compete in? Barbecue. You know, so that's kind of how we got involved. And um, my father-in-law had a Traeger. And I remember my first competition, uh, we went from, we went, actually went from Blue Blood. So it was my, uh, my father-in-law, Gary Carlson, and uh, Brian Podwinski, and, and uh, Gil from the old head brewer at, uh, at Blue Blood. And we all uh, did a, a small competition that was, I think it was ribs and butts. And ended up doing pretty well at that and it life's history man we just started buying smokers and and uh you know i actually purchased a new trailer this year so now i mean it's it's gotten to a point where it's uh it's an expensive hobby so you so is your smoker on the trailer or do you load your smokers onto the trailer is it we cook on uh, gateway drums hunt sucker drums and what those are they're a 55 gallon oil drum 
and uh, you know we 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 cooked on pellet grills at first we used a blazing grill and uh, out of beatrice and we found that um these these gateway drums and hunsucker drums they they cook hot and fast we're hot and fast cookers we're not uh low and slow guys where you're seeing guys get out there and and start 12 hours in advance uh my partner and i uh chad moss and we uh we get up about four in the morning and and we start our fires about five and uh, we're done at noon. I mean, it's oh, it's wow. pretty. Yeah, we we cook uh, we cook so, hot and fast. So you get there on a Friday, and uh, you don't even really start <clears throat> cooking until maybe you know early Saturday morning. Or? Well, see, there's a whole timeline. We have a Bible. Um, we have a Bible that starts. Everything starts at about three o'clock on Friday afternoon. Um, we brine our chicken, and um, you know we start injecting chicken, pork, our ribs, our brisket. Everything's there, and we show up and make sure our spots set up and have a few beers and well i mean on that note i finished this uh single speed f35 a little while ago um it was it was tasty super easy to drink um now we're moving on to another beer from iowa dave uh this is from big grove brewery uh big grove is out of iowa city iowa and it is the Red Wedding Wheat, a fruited sour ale brewed with blood orange, plum, and lactose. Coming in at 4.5%. Red Wedding, that's uh, from Game of Thrones. Ah, is that a uh, Game of Thrones beer? Okay. Uh, well, well, no, it's not a Game of Thrones beer, but they use the name. Ah, I see. There's a couple swords on the front of it, too. So, Another 12-ounce can. Pass that over there. Ooh, definitely good looking can. I uh, I enjoy the F thirty five just for the aviation side of things, but they get their point across with this can: two swords and a and a blood and orange. A blood they, orange they, there. They're not kidding there. Yeah, I'm guessing you haven't had either one of these beers before. No, I have not. I have not. Yeah. But I I think these are only available in Iowa. So thank you, Dave, for for getting those over to us absolutely dave you've done well they can definitely kick the lactose up when you throw this one in yeah a lot of lactose a lot of a lot of citrus that blood orange nose and and the 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 plum and the blood orange color really kind of come in through on this one yeah i'm getting a lot of lactose yeah it's a nice little easy drinking sour ale yeah it is once again, thank you, Dave. Hmm. So we 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 get we're we're starting at about three p.m. on uh, on Friday. We yeah, brining chickens. We're having a couple beers. We're absolutely sounds like a good time already. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, I don't think there's a bad time uh, when you do this. the The rough time is uh, the cleanup after the fact. I mean, you know, it's over and it's like you've been up and going and. <laughs> Now it's time to, you know, clean smokers and everything Tear like that. But yeah, yeah. So, no, we get in there and, um, you know, the one thing that's great about what we do is it's a family. Uh, no matter who we cook against, no matter where we're at, uh, there's always folks we know. There's uh, And everybody's always helpful. All, I mean, you could pack the world and you still forget something. And sure. when you're in the middle of sometimes middle of nowhere, you, you don't have something. It's... Uh, you barter a lot. It's kind of nice. <laughs> we we bring extra beer just for that fact. There so, you, uh, 
you know, we uh, we bring a lot of we bring beer from Lazy Horse Brewing out of Ohio. Um, uh-huh. Jim's done some great things with us, and uh, so we bring a little Lazy Horse beer and and kind of share the wealth on that. And uh, so it's been it's been real nice. But you know, you get set up and three o'clock you start your brine, and and that goes for about three hours. And then when that comes out. You're, uh, you know, you're injecting chicken, you're injecting, uh, you're injecting ribs, you're injecting your pork butt, and you're injecting your brisket. And by the time about 8:30 runs around, you're you're done with the the meat prep and everything like that. So you can sit back and have a couple more beers and <laughs> kick a fire pit or whatever you've got going and uh, grab some dinner. Um, we were fortunate enough. Uh, our last cook, we were in Rodney, Iowa, and uh, a buddy of ours from uh, from South Sioux City. Uh, with uh, Kev's Choo Choo Barbecue. His name's Jeff, and he's one of the uh, top 20 uh, SCAA. That's uh, the state competition. So they, they actually have uh, uh, ribeye steak cooking Ooh. competitions as well. But uh, Jeff is one of the top 20 cooks in the nation right now. So he was doing a little uh, SCA ribeye practice. So he brought down a, a whole ribeye and, and cut it and then cooked for all of us. And so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with getting a, uh, a really nice ribeye uh, <laughs> for uh having a little potluck the night of a barbecue so we we ate well there and so then everybody kind of you know everybody sits and has a few beers afterwards and maybe a a mule or uh you know i wish i could say i was sponsored by tito's vodka but we you know (laughs) we, we, we do a little tito's vodka and um and then you know we hit the bed at uh probably no later than 10 and we're up at four, and I mean four o'clock's definitely early. And you know, you try and find a cup of coffee and and start your pits. And there's a whole timeline that you know is developed that you know we follow it religiously. And um, you hope you don't have any hiccups or shakeups. But uh, as as we all know, and as I'm sure you know, uh, Nick will hear this later. <laughs> but you know, you get a shake up here and there, and go from there. <laughs> Yes, he's he's talking about uh, Nick from uh, our good friends uh, Yo Muchachos. He was supposed to join us here tonight, but uh, he's been having a little smoker problems. He said so. He's about two hours behind. So I said, "Well, we'll see where I'm at in two hours. How much beers I've drank?" But <laughs> could be a long night. Could be a long night. But, but uh, so he didn't make it on the podcast. But uh, no problem. We're we're talking barbecue. We're drinking beers. Um, so, uh, you know, you're you're talking about you you get up at four, or you're, you're kind of you you're on a you're on a timeline. So you're talking about this timeline. That, is this something that you wrote? Is this something that's a, it's a competition thing, or, or or what? What are we talking about there? You know, we took a we took a class from actually uh, a gentleman that ended up being the number one team in the nation, uh, getting basted and. Uh, the tallest man in barbecue, shake and bake. So, it's it. Some of these team names are a lot of fun. Our our team names Team Brew and Q, oh, and man. so we we have a lot of fun with craft uh, brew and barbecue. Is kind of our our mo there. But sure. uh, um, you know, uh, Brad and Tim have been in the game a long time. Um, you know, Brad Loniger, he's he's a, a chef. He's got a couple of very successful restaurants uh, around Branson. Um, Tim is the owner of uh, Gateway Drums as well as uh, Blues Hog Barbecue. So if they do uh, barbecue sauce, barbecue rubs, and then they do, uh, uh, you know, Blues Hog Fuel as well. So it's like the, the uh, uh, I'm trying to think, wood pellets, or not wood pellets, but wood chunks and that sort of stuff. So, oh. I mean, he's got a lot of... Um, 
uh, lump charcoal as well. So he's got a, a good barbecue line, probably one of the most successful barbecue lines out there. And um, but they both partner up and, and do these classes since he's obviously the owner of Gateway Drums and that's what they cook on. So the big thing is, is when you take a class, you, there's a ton of guys out there that'll offer a class. I mean, at some point, I hope we can offer a class. Um, but even a backyard class, a comp class, whatever you want to do, um, take take a class. Definitely take a class. If you want to up your barbecue game, there's a lot of things that you can throw a rack of ribs on a grill, and there's still a lot of things you can be taught to make that rack of ribs just that much more efficient and getting a, uh, getting a solid cook every time. You know, pork butt. It's kind of hard to mess up pork butt, but you still can. <laughs> it's, you, you definitely still can. Um, sure. We got a lot of guys... That'll, uh, you know, they, they, buy a, they buy a smoker, and the first thing they try out is a brisket. Well, brisket's pretty finicky meat. It's, it's probably one of those things I would, uh, I would cook after I learned how to cook pork butt and ribs. Those are kind of your starters and easy-going easy uh, meats to kind of, if you mess up. The best part is, is uh, we cook Snake, for, Snake River Farms brisket, and, uh, you know, each brisket we cook is about $240. Mercy. And so I'd I I'd, I'd be okay. How, bi- how big of a brisket is that? About eighteen to twenty pounds. Okay. So uh I'd I'd much rather go ahead and screw up a, a twenty five dollar pork butt <laughs> than uh two hundred forty dollar uh Snake River Farms brisket. But you know, we're cooking Wagyu. I mean that's absolute Wagyu meat and um when you when you get to the point where you're cooking Wagyu, you want to make sure you're spot on. Um, so we took a class from Brad and Tim, and um, at the end of the day, they have their timeline that they've proven. Uh, they The classes, they give out a lot of information. They give out their entire timeline, their, their flavor profiles, and you can adjust those however you want to, but they've been there and, what do they say, been there, done that. <laughs> they, they've had a lot of practice time, and you don't become, uh, you know, two of the best cookers in the world by you know just slacking off so they've done a lot of practice and so we follow their timeline um extensively all right so it's all what has been about uh you've been doing this for four or five years now our first competition was 2015 okay yeah so so how many competitions would you say you've been in so far we average about uh 10 comps a year give or take so i'd say we're at our 40th probably i'm guessing um i haven't really thought too much about that we had some friends of ours that um you know dirt road barbecue or some some folks out of kansas city and and just great people and we've learned a lot from ryan and karen and and at the end of the day chad will laugh we'll both laugh but if ryan doesn't come over and say what in the hell are you guys doing we know we're not doing very well so if he comes over and yells at us we know we're in good shape but uh you know, they just hit their 200th competition, and that's a that's kind of a big thing. And so, when you get 200 200 competitions under your belt, I mean, you know, our goal is as ever. I mean, has always just been to compete and have fun and and do great things. And you know, we we uh, had some milestone we had some milestone things happen last year that were absolutely amazing. We got uh, quite a few calls. We got a top ten. Uh, at a comp, which was great. Um, we actually ended the year with a call at the Royal. And when you get a call at the Royal with 340, 360 teams, and a call is basically you place. So it's uh, top 25 at the Royal. Top, usually it's top 10 at, at a normal competition, but top 25 at the Royal. And when you get a call at the Royal and there's, you know, 500 people standing, uh, sitting on the infield of the Kansas City Speedway, 
and your names called over the PA, especially in brisket. It was, oh, wow. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. So, uh, that was a trip for the books. I had I'd literally flown in the day before from New York. I was in New York for work, and I had flown in at 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and everything was going, and we had to turn in Sunday. So, I mean, it was it was crazy. We had a lot of people that helped us out with that one. and um, But, you know, that's what we do. I mean, it's so much fun that the, the work isn't really work. It's You just have a lot of fun doing it. Well, yeah, when um, you're – kind of explaining this and talking about how it's a family and all that kind of stuff it you know it reminded me of like our local craft beer scene and and i i feel like a lot of a lot of people in the scene you know in, in just the breweries the brewers across across the city and the state it just seems like it's a family i haven't really met too many i really haven't met a bad person you know in uh, in the community it seems like everybody's trying to help each other, so that's a, kind of a, a little thing that kind of, when you were talking about that, was like, there's another thing, brew and barbecue. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, and you saw that uh, you saw that tight-knit group come out when, uh, I can't even remember the bill that was coming out, but the, oh, the yeah. LB-127 or yeah. one, whatever it was, Tyson was throwing out there. But, I mean, you saw a lot of kill-the-bill parties. Um, you saw a lot of folks that, you know, you would think were – you know the competitors and and again yeah they're competitors but they all compete for major market share they don't compete against each other they compete against the major labels and you know it's uh it's an amazing thing i've seen where you know somebody didn't have a bag of grain and they make a phone call and go grab a bag of grain i've seen hops and you know it's it's everybody's out for themselves but they're also out for the family they're out for the team with when it comes to all craft beer i mean they want everyone to succeed so when you see uh you know some struggles they they definitely pick each other up and and help help things out it's very nice to see that yeah and that's something that evidently is going on in the competition barbecue world as well (laughs) it's yeah it, it definitely happens um you know i was talking to a buddy of mine today and and uh from kansas city and um, he had, uh, one of, one of our other friends had had a, uh, had had a, a smoker malfunction and a trailer malfunction. And so they, uh, they loaned him a, they loaned him a, his extra smoker. I mean, it's, you know, we ended up having, uh, we ended up going to Valley last year. And what's really funny is they put us where we were normally at, but we ended up not having enough cord for power. So you walk around, Hey, has anybody got 220 cord? And yeah here's my spare just keep it okay thanks appreciate it you know and um i'll tell you one guy that we cook with religiously is uh ron and uh from helping you barbecue helping you barbecue is a uh, barbecue store up in omaha on 156 and dodge and uh i'll tell you we wouldn't be where we were without him i mean there's a lot of times where we will uh literally you know hey do you got this hey do you got that hey are you coming to this comp great here's my shopping list and you know we send him a credit card and and we try and pay on time i'm sure ron will listen to this and he'll laugh when we try and make sure we pay on time but (laughs) you know we were in holdridge uh we were in holdridge a couple weeks ago and um we left our injections at the house all pre-injections left them all didn't have anything else and my wife was a saint and drove halfway and met my dad and and we had injections for the night so i mean it's it, i mean everybody's out to win but everybody i've never seen more cheering i've never seen more happy faces with people that just lost for other people that have just won you know so that's kind of the big thing there 
Awesome. What uh, What are some of the recent uh, competitions that you were just maybe involved in? Um, well, like I was saying, we were in Holdridge, and then uh, we did Storm Lake, Iowa. Um, or, sorry, not Storm Lake, but um, uh, I'm trying to think. Rodney, Iowa. Um, and that was a competition with about 30 teams there. Um, some of the best teams. It's, what's really funny is we do regional competitions, and, and there's cookers from – California, there's re- cookers from Virginia, Florida, and everything. And and what's really awesome is we we're part of the KCBS Kansas City Barbecue Society. And um, I'll tell you, most of the contests we're at, they might be in small towns such as Valley or Holdridge, but they're getting four or five of the top ten, top fifteen teams in in the nation mm-hmm. at these contests. And so, you know, you're cooking against um, you're cooking against some of the best. Um, it's always fun when you. Uh, you know, when you can beat them in a category, it's great when you can beat them in all four categories. <laughs> Doesn't happen often at all, but there are people out there that have been scoring real well. And so at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of fun, like I said. Yeah. All right. We're going to change it up a little bit here in the uh, the beer intake. Uh, we did a the double dry hopped uh, New England IPA. And we just did this uh, fruited uh, sour wheat ale. Um, now we're going to drink something from Liquid Mechanics Brewing at Lafayette, Colorado. It is their peanut butter porter. Um, ale brewed with peanuts, 8.6% ABV. And this is uh, it's a bomber of a bottle, so we're going to drink a little bit of porter here. This is, uh, this is from listener Eric. He was actually also a fridge guy. He was on the podcast a couple weeks or a couple episodes ago. So thank you, Eric, for this beer. I know you've been wondering what I think of it, so we're gonna drink it and we're gonna talk about it. It looks tasty, so let's see. It pours well. You definitely hear the sound. It pours well. Yeah. There you are, sir. Thank you. Take a whiff of this. Mm, smells like peanuts. Eric said this is one of his favorite favorite peanut butter beers that he's had before, so uh, he wanted to share it with me and, uh, and and see what we thought about it. Definitely get some good roast, peanut roast on the nose. It's got a good amount of head to it. Yeah, it's the body's really good there, too. It definitely a lighter yeah i mean for eight six you'd think it'd be a little bit more chewy it's yeah it's on the lighter end i'm gonna let that warm up yeah yeah i mean you get that peanut butter cup that nutter butter flavor right up front i'm gonna see what 10 degrees will do to that that's <laughs> uh you know it's it only 10 10 more degrees can always help a stout always help a porter oh yeah yeah it for 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 the start of it, it's got quite a bit of peanuts to it. So yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm I'm a big peanut butter fan, so I'm always looking for the next peanut butter beer. I think Eric knows that, so that's why he wanted me to try this one. Yeah, you know, PB two is has been a big thing for brewers. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing to get uh, get that peanut butter in there. So yeah, yeah a lot less oil. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. So what uh, when it comes to beer, Toby? What uh, what kind of 
kind of beers do you like to to drink? Uh, do you do you have mainstays, or do you like to try what's new all the time, or, or kind of what's how do you drink beer? You know, it's funny we were talking before the cast, and um, I'll tell you that was the biggest question that we faced at at Blue Blood, which you know. People had come in. They'd come in the day before, the two days before, and, and then the question's always, "What's new? What's new? What's new out there? What, what, what's new on tap?" And you know, unfortunately, you can't change your tap handles nightly. There's a little bit of growth that comes into making beer. So, uh, I'm a guy that I I will I don't shy away from really any beer. Um, I am not a super huge fan of. I would say. Like, I'd say the one-off, like, every IPA. Like, I love IPAs. Uh, one of my favorite events I went to in Phoenix, uh, went to a, it's called Hopageddon. And that's why we brought that to Blue Blood when we had sure. Hopageddon a few times. Yeah. But went to Hopageddon, and it was uh, 20 IPAs. And, I mean, I think I was sick of IPAs for about three <laughs> days after we went. We did all 20 beers. Um, my tongue was... I, you didn't have any taste buds no. left. It was disgusting. You just you didn't want to have any more beer. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a big pale ale guy. I like a good pale ale. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, when it came down to, to working at Blue Blood, I like the McKinney's. Uh, I like their uh, – I, I just liked the McKinney's uh, a lot. I liked um, – you know, all hopped up was really good. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I like to try a lot of new things. I love trying different beers. I'm not a big, as we discussed, I'm not a six pack or case guy. I like to, you know, I love the mix and match. Sure. Um, High V's done a great job uh, with the mix and match opportunities. But, um, you know, there's that time of year where it's a it's a good stout stout month, stout porter time of the year. There's uh, lawnmower beers <laughs> you try and find. Do you, do you tend to be a little bit more of a seasonal drinker, would you say? You know, in the summertime, I'm definitely not throwing down a bunch of porters or stouts, but I I have a few collected that, you know, I'll, I'll throw down. But uh, most generally, no. I mean, I'll drink kind of anything, anytime. I have to be real careful. Uh, my wife has started to like craft beer, um, <laughs> which is a good thing, but she's definitely not a bitter, hoppy person, so I have to kind of be a little bit more selective on, on hoppiness. Um but yeah, if you give me a give me a pretty good pale ale, I, I had a friend of mine come into town this week, and she brought me a little spotted cow. Nothing wrong with a little spotted cow, um, but I do like trying one offs. I I enjoy um, a release that a good one off comes out. I was a huge sourhead for a while. Uh, Ralph and I uh, would go back and forth and try and find good sours. Um, I still have the unicorn beer that I have not had a chance to try. There's the unicorn beer out there that everyone in their world has told me to try and I have not I've not had it yet because I want to wait till I find it on tap and I just every time it's supposedly on tap it's never there but uh the Duchess. Oh, you've never had the Duchess? I have never had the Duchess. Gil Gil told me that. That was the first beer he told me about is like you need to go down and have the Duchess and I've tried probably three times at Jake's, and every time I see it's on tap, it's not on tap. And so I'm waiting. I, I know there's bottles there. I know you could probably just go buy a bomber, a bottle anywhere, and it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. Oh, and it totally isn't the same. So it was on tap at Sourfest uh, at Happy Raven when I did the, the podcast there, <clears throat> and I hadn't, drank, I hadn't drank it on tap 
for I, I don't think I'd ever have. I had it out of different bottles, and when I had it on tap, it was a completely different experience. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that was really fun was the barrel program. Um, so getting to mess around with uh, different bourbon barrels, uh, gin barrels, tequila barrels. barrels. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've got a little bit down in my basement some some bombers or some some one offs that are down that I'm I'm gonna wait and crack in about three or four years just <laughs> to see what they're like. But uh, you know, that was the one thing that was fun. We made that uh, that uh, two gun Joe. And we did it in a bourbon barrel that was, I mean, it was one of the best coffee, uh, bourbon coffee stouts out there. Yeah. I would have put it up against Bourbon County. I really would have. Um, it was a great drinking beer. And, you know, it's tough to mimic those. It's tough to recreate those beers with the different profiles, with different, you know, it's oh, just, yeah. it's crazy. So. so, Duchess is one of those unicorn beers for you, huh? It is. It is. It's a, it's a unicorn beer. I've never had, um, you know, it's, I used to drive to Phoenix to go get Ballast Point. Yeah. And like, it was great. Like that was a great beer. Sculpin was one of my favorites and now it's in town and I had, I don't, I bet I haven't had a Sculpin in three years. And it just sits on shelves. Yeah. No one buys it now. Um, it's those beers that you can't get. I think are the best beers. Um, Pliny. Pliny. There you go. I mean, you bring a case of Pliny in town and somebody finds out about it, you're, you've got a lot more friends. you got a hell of a lot more friends. So, you know, my dad was fortunate enough. He went up to San Diego or went over to San Diego and um, found a place that had Pliny on tap. And he just sent me a picture. And he's like, jealous? Like, yes, absolutely I am. But I think if we had Pliny here, I don't think it'd be that... No, big I mean, of a deal. It's a decent. I mean, it's a good IPA, but it's nothing that like once you drink it, you're like, so what was like everybody all right you know, crazy about? Like mm -hmm. this just tastes like a West Coast IPA that I've had a million times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a million yeah. times. You know, and it, it's kind of that same thing with you know Caleb out at, out at uh, Scratchdown. I mean, you know, Wonder Twins is amazing beer. And I think that he's doing it the right way by not oversaturating the market that, you know, it is one of those beers that you can't get all the time, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, well, and, and they're still brewing out of kettles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do they get? A seven barrel system, three barrel system. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. but they brew great beer. Oh. And, uh, you know, that water out there and everything else, it's, they brew great beer. So, yeah. no, I, you know, at the end of the day, I will find, you know, I think White Elm's got some great things going. Boiler's got some great things going. Uh, Cosmic Eye, I mean, I, again, Sam's one of the, the best brewers that, you know, that's around. And at the end of the day, it'll all get there. And, you know, people are still trying to find their way in some sorts of what Lincoln wants to drink. You've got your, your beer nerds that are over the top and, you know, try and pick apart every beer that they have you get the uh people that like craft beer but they're not gonna drink it every day and you get the bush light guys oh yeah you know and you know i was down at kincader's tap room down uh about two saturdays ago we went down the farmer's market and this lady walks in my dad and i walked in there and this lady walks in and she's like course light <laughs> and 
uh, you know, the bartender kind of snickered a little bit and I kind of snickered, you know, I'm like, oh, great. I know what this is like. I know what this person is. And she got a little bit offended. And I said, hey, lady, don't get offended. Just look, this is a craft brewery. You know, I'm, they don't really sell Coors Light here, but there's a beer on tap that'll fit your palate. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know you, you're at Cosmic Eye. You know that there's a beer that will fit every palate. So I, the misconception that craft beer is always dark. Oh, it's always dark, dark beer. It's it's the, you know. Yeah, either it's it's too dark or it's too bitter. Yeah, absolutely. And my wife was that same way. And it took a long time for her to kind of come around. And she's she loves one of her favorite beers is the uh, Apricot from Pyramid. You know, apricot ale, pyramids, apricot. She loves that beer. And she likes um, another one that's great out of Arizona. She likes, uh, it's Popgo Brewing, but Hus brews it for them. But it's the the orange blossom. So it's a a vanilla orange. Just, I mean, it's a very simple, but probably the number one female selling craft beer in Arizona right now. Hmm. So, but yeah, you know, you figure out those taste buds. You figure out what people want to drink and you try and suggestively say look i understand you're a domestic beer drinker try this try this some flavor (laughs) right well not only flavor but character i mean you know i i think there's look i drink bush light all the time we do when we barbecue we have probably half a cooler bush light we do a 707 lucky beer in the morning and i'll tell you you know we used to you've you've had last call you know the imperial amber that that yeah. uh, one of the better beers that uh, came out of blue blood and you know you try and shotgun one of those at 707 in the morning it's a little rough so you're gonna wake up you are you're definitely gonna have a you definitely have a, a good one um i've done that with pernicious that's another beer i really miss is that double ipa that that they brewed but uh you know so we'll do bush light we'll do coors light we, we kind of have a little bit of beer for everybody because when they come over to the trailer it's you want to make sure they have something you can drink you know, so. Well, that's why. Uh, that's why we keep some Natter days around once in a while here. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Natter day, isn't it? Isn't that the slogan? That, it's it it's Natter days everywhere. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I said I recently had. I bought a thirty pack for the, the, uh, the Fourth of July big party that we have here, and I think only maybe ten of them actually got drank. So I had twenty Natter days in a cooler and. I had the rest of the week and weekend off, so I just started shotgunning them. I think I did about 20 in about five days, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's a quick, painless little little thing. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of pulled out my phone a little bit. Sorry, uh, listeners can't see it, but that's the steak. So that's a top. That's, that's at. Uh, top 20. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I mean, just PK that's grill and just boom, boom. And, and I mean, you talk about down to a science, it's. It's you know seventeen minutes. It's this they they literally go through the whole shoot match when it comes to to how they're cooking things. It's that was amazing. A good looking piece of meat. Yeah, yeah. They and he had hand cut that. Uh, he had hand cut that about uh, twenty minutes before he put it on. So it was pretty good. But wow. no, I brought in some some stuff for you for our pictures. So those are our ribs. When we oh. do a competition box, I mean, you pick out the right parsley. I mean, it comes into. I mean, we get our parsley from Omaha. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. That's our pork box there. And uh, I'll tell you, our best category right now, just hands down, is our pork. Um, we we get amazing pork. That's Again, brisket right there. That's brisket. That's, that's Snake River Wagyu. But, uh, you know, wow. we get our... We get our pork, like I said, out of Fairway Meats, and it's Comfrey out of uh, their farm out of Minnesota. It's Duroc pork, and it's 
it's got some great things to it. So is that? It looked like it was thin slice, but then you also had some chunks there too. Or? For the brisket, yeah, yeah. The brisket. What you do is uh, it's about pencil. So number two yellow pencil. Remember those from school. Yeah. So it's number two yellow pencil thick, and uh, and then the the squares in there are called burn ins. So burn ins are kind of a Kansas City thing that I do uh, love some everybody loves. The burn ins. They're the meat candy, and so um, the worst part is is uh, you can either. Well, they say you live and die by burn-ins. <laughs> so uh, there's no real judging aspect of burn-ins. So there's no criteria. Um, you know, brisket is a, you know, there's a pull test, a, you know, lay it over your finger and, and that sort of stuff. But when it comes down to an actual judging of burn-ins, you have to have people that know what they're doing and, and know what they're talking about when they judge it. Well, there's no criteria. So you could get killed or you could have that extra little step up of what it is. It just depends on the box and depends on what's going on. So it's, and we what, very what rarely, yeah, yeah, we very rarely turn in burn-ins. Very rarely turn yeah. in burn-ins. But that time we did, and who knows, I don't remember how we scored with that <laughs> box. So pork is is, uh, is what's kind of, that's is that your favorite thing, or that's what you're known for, or, or what? Well, it's what we've been scoring really well on. It's yep. not my favorite. Uh, honestly, it's super funny, but, um, you know, people are like, oh, you must be, eat barbecue all the time. Um, I usually go, after a competition, I'll usually go two to four days without eating barbecue or smelling barbecue or anything. Um, my usual ritual when I get home from a competition is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, <laughs> I can't. And, I mean, we have all these ribs. We have leftover pork, brisket, and everything. But everything is so rich and the sauce and everything that goes on with it is just i mean it's too rich so you uh, definitely do a lot with a uh, little peanut butter and jelly maybe some eggs i mean it's it's a lot of fun one of the eggs with those brisket and pork would be all right it is <laughs> uh, brisket and eggs is not bad I, I'll, I'll be honest with you you know one of the things we uh I, I i have to mention i'm trying to try and catch up most of my sponsors in this but uh Fat Boys Barbecue out of Lincoln. Uh, one of their sauces we use uh, re- religiously. It's called Sticky Stuff. You can get it in High V or Super Saver. And and at the end of the day, the the sugar content and everything how it matches well with pretty much chicken, beef, and pork. It's it's awesome. And you eat enough of that that you know the diabetic in you kind of just <laughs> you know you get into a little barbecue shock. So, uh, but uh, no, these guys. I do like the barbecue comas. Barbecue comas are great. They 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 do a lot for you. But uh, you know, like I said, we we wouldn't be where we are in the world of barbecue today without folks like Fat Boys and you know Stonebrook Exterior and you know BD Outdoors and and uh, you know helping you barbecue counterculture. A lot of those different sponsors. I know I'm pimping every sponsor I have right now on this, but well, at the end of the day, it's. It's amazing. Speaking of sponsors, you brought me a little bit, a little gift bag here. I did. I want to make sure that you, uh, you know, you remember who we are, and hopefully we get the chance to maybe come on board again and talk about uh, the end of the year or whatever we got going. Yeah. So uh, I haven't even opened it yet. It's it's a pretty sweet uh, air chilled smart chicken bag. It's a it's a very useful bag here. Oh, you got all kinds of goodies in here. Let's see. We've got the uh, Team Brew and, Crew, Brew and Q Koozie from Lincoln, Nebraska. We've got the yep. uh, CBD Outdoors, Smart Chicken Hub, Carlson Irrigation, Orland Pure, Cabela's, Fat Boy, um, Stonebrook, 
Counterculture, Masters, Tuffy. Those are all your sponsors. Yeah, huh? Tuffy's Auto, man. They keep us on the road. I'll tell yeah. you, if you guys need any uh, auto work done down 16th and Pine Lake right there, they'll uh, they'll definitely keep you on the road. Brad's got it going on. So. Oh, we got a sticker with the team Brew and Q. Got the... The pig with oh you're a cigar guy. I've uh, yeah we we like to uh, you know we like to smoke a cigar every once in a while. My dad kind of threw that in. He's a big cigar fan. He's got uh, he's got the beer and the backwards hat. And you bet. Well, we had you know for a while there our chef we had a chef hat on it just didn't quite fit us. So we <laughs> uh, we have some backwards hats going. But we get our uh, we get all of our uh, koozies and promo shirts and everything done at Adwood. Uh, here in Lincoln, we try and do everything as local as possible. We really do. Sure, that's local is important. We got smart chicken pin and another koozie. Uh, oh, what do we got here? Got some copperhead sauce from Fat Boy All Natural Barbecue. So that sauce is going to be. Um, I talked about sticky stuff before, and that stuff's going to be. Uh, copperhead's a little thinner. It's got a little bit of kick to it. Um, it's really complimentary with chicken. Um, does really well on uh, does really well on pork, uh, but I would it's what we use now on our chicken. And um, the big thing is is uh, I'll tell you a quick tip on on barbecue and barbecue sauces. If you are smoking out there grilling anything at all, heat your sauce up a little bit. Just throw it on the stove for very low heat, but warm that sauce up, and it will uh, it will change dramatically for you. It's kind of like a warm beer. It'll uh, you know that warm stout changes dramatically. Oh yeah. I've never had this sauce before, so I'm excited about this. This is one of their new ones they came out with this year. They they are always doing products. They they just actually released two new rubs uh, last week. Uh, we're very excited about uh, they uh, they uh, released a rub called Caliente. They're kind of moving towards the southwest part of the United States. They are uh, they're all over the Midwest. They have got orders everywhere. They're in the South. They're uh, definitely in Florida, Alabama uh atlanta area but uh, they're moving to the southwest they're doing a little bit more with the uh hatch chili um as well as like i said this caliente uh seasoning that's coming out we're gonna we're gonna definitely work with that and try and get that incorporated into our uh into our comp profile so and inside the bag was a smart chicken uh uh cutting board cutting board yes Yes, a cutting board here so so now you can cut your chicken and and you know make different size burgers Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for those. Absolutely, man. This is uh, this is one of the reasons we do these things. Um, so, so barbecue and sauce. Um, what you know thoughts is barbecue barbecue without sauce? Dry rub. What you know? How do you prepare your stuff? Do you put the barbecue sauce on it? You know, during the cooking, are you after what? What? What do you do there? Well, the big thing is, is again, we're we're rubbing everything down uh, in the morning, right? Like Chad'll get up and start the fires. I'll I'll make sure the the you know brisket and the pork are rubbed. Everything's cooked with rub on it. Everything's cooked that way. There's really no sauce. You don't, especially hot and fast with us. We don't want anything scorch, burn, anything along those lines. Um, when we get ready to turn in, we usually so our timeline gets really. Um, usually that uh, 10, 20 to 11 is kind of the uh, get ready and go. Have that last beer, make that big cocktail for the turn-in time. Um, I'm usually a mule guy or something during turn-in. So, uh, But you get ready about 11 o'clock, and 
you hope everything's resting, except for your chicken. You hope everything's in the box resting. You really want your brisket resting for a couple hours. You really want your pork resting. You you really you want that time for the meat to settle. Um, you want to just give it a little time to just cool down a little bit, like stop the cooking process. Sure. Um, so about we we our timeline runs into the half an hour break. So basically at eleven thirty, that's when we're you know we're pulling our chicken off, we're venting, we're taking a look at what the cook process has done to those pieces because you know you might put them in on the grill and they all look the same. Well, heat, fire, sure. grease, everything's going to come into play, and they might pull that skin, they may tighten things up. So you're really looking at you know hopefully eight pieces that are really uh, the same look the same feel you you definitely want to take a look and temp them you hopefully they're in the same that that same uh temp degrees everything along those lines and then you go to sauce them so we'll sauce our chicken set it back on to set and usually that set time is anywhere between five and eight minutes and so you reset set the sauce with the look um you really, you know, you want to make sure there's no globs. You want to make sure it's not pouring off. You want to make sure that that sauce is, there's a sheen to it. There's a there's a shine to it. It's not, you know, you don't dump a bunch of Sweet Baby Ray's on it and say, here you go. Um, so at the end of the day, it, you know, you do that. Well, once you're turned in, then it's time to cut ribs. Then you get those ribs and, you know, we cook anywhere between four and six racks of ribs. And you're turning in a minimum of six bones. Well, there's days that you barely get six bones out of six racks. Really? Yeah. You know, ribs are kind of our, I would say, our kryptonite right now. We're having a rough time with our ribs. Um, We have blowouts. We have, you know, we're just overcooking them a little bit. Our our fire might be getting a little too hot. We're, We're just really working on rib practice right now. And we've done a couple cooks now just in charity cooks that we've cooked just racks of ribs so i think we've got a few more things dialed in which is nice but you know so you're cutting those ribs and you got to have bite through you want just basically bite through ribs you don't want the ribs to pull off so most people are like oh those aren't i want the whole rib to pull off and it's amazing well by judging standards that's overdone you want bite through skin on chicken you want bite through ribs like one bite nothing pulls off it's just boom and it's still tender and there's a very i'd say it's a four to five degree waiver there you know you're either overdone you're underdone or you're right on so there's a there's a very fine line when it comes to doing your ribs so you you'll cut your ribs through usually like i said you try and get eight to ten bones hopefully you set the sauce and set them back on for that seven minutes to set sauce and then you do a finishing dust on them and turn them in and you make everything fit in one box and you carry the box to the turn in and turn them in Put one of your stickers on those boxes. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. They uh, they frown upon pretty much anything on you know setting the setting the tone with the boxes. They you can't mark your box anyway. It's got a it's got a number on it, and that's about all you get. So, mm. very good peanut butter porter. Thank you, Eric. I believe us who brought that in. That was a damn good beer. Yeah, that was tasty. <clears throat> but, you know, then we're doing, you know, again, we're doing our pork. We're doing our brisket about the same way. So the sauce all just goes on at the end. And there's, you know, oh, you brought out another one. Sorry, go right ahead. Oh, no, no. Keep, keep going. Oh, um, we'll let it sit here for a bit. We get, the, we get the question all the time. 
you know, oh, you're a competition guy. Oh, you're a competition guy. Do you, you make your own rubs, right? No. Now there's there's guys out there that have spent the you know <laughs> thousands in R and D and and they they do a damn good job with their rubs. Um, we are we are in love with Fat Boys rubs. Um, they've got some amazing amazing competition quality rubs that are out on the market. Um, we blend those with a couple of other uh, quality competition rubs that are on the market as well, and it's layers. Uh, especially in ribs. Ribs are huge. Ribs are a, uh, you know, there's there's rubs out there that you start with a little bit of heat. You you have a middle level and then you end with sweet. So that bite that you're getting, you're you're getting sweet at front, and at the end you're getting you're getting that kick of heat. It's the same thing with beer. You're getting that nose. You're getting that that floral. You're you're getting the citrus. You're getting the mango. You're getting a lot. Of, and then at the end, you're getting that kick of bitter. You're getting that kick of something that's right there. That's the complex the complexity of a beer. Same thing when it comes to barbecue. Well, talking about complex beers, let's see what we got here. This is uh, this is from Weldworks. Um, Great brewery. Yes, out of Greeley, Colorado. This is uh, from. Uh, from uh, Renegade James uh, from from Colorado, who's a listener, um, he he dropped off a package of beer for me here a couple weeks ago. So this is um, this is a milkshake double IPA. It has the uh, Neapolitan look to it. You know what I mean, like that strawberry vanilla chocolate look going. I'm I'm excited about well, this. Well, this is uh this is a Pink Boots collaboration brew for International Women's Day. Um, it's called Everything But Bananas, Bananas. It's brewed with pineapple, blueberry, guava, vanilla, milk sugar, and Idaho 7 plus a YCH Pink Boots hop blend. So we got a lot going on in this milkshake IPA. And that is a lot in a can is what I would call that with those ingredients. 8.6% ABV. It's a big kid. It's a definite big kid. Double IPA. Let's see what... Uh, I wonder if it's going to be pink when we pour it. It is. Yep. I should have gone over here for the... Oh, wow. Yeah. That smells wonderful. Very fruity. Hmm. The color makes it look like kind of oh, it's got chunks in the bottom. That's the best part right there. A little chunk in the bottom. Everybody loves that. Um, I took the first pour and you got all of the fruit. <laughs> man, I will tell you, this looks like a guava shake. It looks like a guava shake or a, a, a glass of uh, ruby red grapefruit juice. Right. It looks it's like something you'd order at Juice Stop. Yes, absolutely. The nose on it is. So fruity. Blueberry, vanilla coming through, that guava. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, a, it's everything but bananas in here. Wow. <laughs> um, there is a lot of fruit in that thing. I would never have called that a double. I, yeah. I never. No, that's a that's in uh, that's a get in trouble beer. <laughs> that's a get getting a lot of trouble yeah. beer. No, that's uh, nowhere I would have thought that was over eight and a half percent. 
Mm-mm. No, there's that that uh, fruit is taking every bit of the bitter out. Um, maybe I'm just getting more fruit because the chunks were well, in mine. Mine's, but, uh, mine's really fruity too. Without yeah, the, without the chunks. Yeah, you're gonna need a spoon at the end of that one, maybe. Man, that's a good beer. <laughs> Well done. Uh, Weldworks, I hope you get a chance to hear this. Uh, if not, we'll shoot you a link. But yeah. at the end of the day, well done. Good beer. And, uh, you know, I've got a huge heart with nonprofits and, um, you know, the collaboration and, and everything that goes along with this. This is, this, is why, this is why craft brewing is so much fun. Uh, the proceeds benefit the Pink Boots Society Scholarship Fund. So, uh, I mean, just a great all-around beer. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great beer. It's it's super tasty, and and profits go to some, you know helping people out, which is which is great. So, man, I'll tell you that guava is just just powering through. And then you kick a little pineapple on the back end. Uh, yeah, and yeah. the blueberry and the vanilla. Yeah, you're yeah. getting it absolutely. Literally everything that's on there comes through at different phases. That's a good beer. There's, I mean, hands down, we've had four great beers tonight. We really have. Um, different. Well, some, I mean, sometimes we get Fridge Guys episodes where we drink good stuff. Sometimes we, you just, you never know. You open some stinkers. But uh. <laughs> I'm very happy that I was here for a good one. I, I was here for a good one. So no, I. Well, and and really, you know, most of the beers that I pull out are my beers, and. These are all been beers from from you guys, the listeners, the fans of of Fridge Guys. So I have to thank you guys for your generosity sending me beers I've never had before, and I can share them with with people on the podcast. And uh, thank you very much <laughs> to everyone. This was uh, this was huge. This was a very good, very good beers, very very good beer night. I can't say that I'm going to share my barbecue sauce with anybody besides that maybe the people that come over and eat. <laughs> well, there you go. That's again that that's what you that's what another thing that's exactly what barbecue is. I mean, you think about Sunday tradition back in the '60s, '50s, '60s. I mean, Sunday dinner. Yeah. You know, um, the Italians are huge on that with the you know the Sunday bu- a big old bowl of pasta. Well. You know, why not grab a couple racks of ribs at, uh, you know, Fairway or, or Super Saver or wherever and come over and, you know, you can do ribs on a, on a regular gas grill. It's not, it's not that hard. Um, you know, barbecuing is, uh, is, is a lifestyle. It's great. It's, and there are tons of people out there that will help you learn to do it better. So, so that's, you know, that's one thing. My wife always asked me, because, I am a huge barbecue fan. You know, I grew up in a family where we would uh, wake up on a Saturday or Sunday and we were like, what are we going to do today? I don't know, how about we drive down to Kansas City and hit up Jack Stack just to hit up for lunch. <laughs> Jack Stack's, so, it's, it's solid. So it's, we, we would just wake up, drive to Kansas City for barbecue, and then drive back, and, and that was our day. Yeah, six hours of driving for an hour and forty minutes of just of jack stack. <laughs> yeah, of jack stack. But there's so many more down oh, there now. Oh well, my god! And, and yeah, I mean, every time that I go to can like go to the Kansas City area, I mean, there's a new barbecue place that oh, that I haven't, absolutely haven't heard of or haven't had. So I'm down there just where we go down there to eat. But then it's like, oh, this last time we were driving through, I hadn't been to Gates for probably four or five years. Yeah, it's like. We're hitting up gates. Yeah, hit it up. So, what's your fa- what's your go to? Like again, gun to your head, 
Kansas City wise. I mean, I'll ask you. I'll ask you the the Nebraska barbecue question later. But you know, what's your go to? Well, my actual favorite Kansas City barbecue is BB's Lawnside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love BB's because they've got that they've got that barbecue, but they also got that Cajun mm-hmm. going on there too, like Louisiana style, and it's. It's money every time. Plus, the place is awesome. There's live blues music almost every single day inside there. Yeah, it's kind of family-style seating with big tables. Sure. Yeah, I love that place. Well, if you have not been to Slaps, uh, squeal like a pig barbecue, but it's the Slaps. I've um, been there. That's a bucket list place to go. Yeah. There will be a line. Um, the guy, they, the Joe and Mike, they know their they know their barbecue. They've done very well, and we, we actually are very fortunate. We get to compete against Joe probably two to four times a year, and it's a lot of fun. Is that the Joe from like Oklahoma Joe's? No. no, 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 no. Joe, Joe is uh, they call him TV Joe because he's been on about twenty different TV shows. He's a <laughs> bigger gentleman that. Uh, been on Barbecue Pitmasters. He's actually coming out. Uh, the Food Network's coming out with a oh, it's barbecue cook barbecue. I can't remember what it's called, but it's coming out here August one, I think. And it's Bobby Flay and Michael uh, Michael Simon have teamed up, and they've each got a team of cooks, and he's on that as well. So he's done very well. Um, in fact, his uh, if you ever see the Heinz barbecue sauce line that came out, Heinz was uh, a Hawaiian style, a Kansas City style, uh, a couple other styles. That was his barbecue sauce recipe that's in the Hawaiian Kansas City style. So, oh, wow. or I uh, sorry, the Heinz Kansas City style. There you go. Yeah. So, um, so where's your place in Nebraska? Probably Fat Jacks. Fat Jacks is the best barbecue in Nebraska. And Matt and Jackie do it right. Um, and when I went in there, there was like nobody in there. I was like, "What is going on? Why am Why am this place packed?" <laughs> it, it it is packed most generally. That's the funniest thing is, you know, might have caught them on an off day or whatever. But Matt well, and Jackie have done some great things for the world of barbecue in Nebraska. Well, it's just funny when it because I hadn't been to the the new the newer mm-hmm. building, and this was the first time I've been to that new building. Sure. And just walking in there and like. All of the trophies everywhere. Just incredible what he's done in the barbecue. Well, competition. Oh, huge. He's one of the original. I mean, he's one of the original guys here in in Nebraska. I mean, it's it's really funny. But um, until a few years ago, I I, you know, there were only a couple of KCBS teams in in Lincoln um, that competed. I mean, you might have had somebody that was registered. But, I mean, we competed and Fat Jacks competed. Um, you know, and we've learned a lot from Matt and Jackie and we've we I mean, hell, my first competition was in was in Kearney and I mean I was borrowing thermopins from them. I was borrowing borrowing a lot of stuff. I mean it's it's amazing what they've done. I think they're taking a taking a year off with a new restaurant, kind of just living life for a while. Um we haven't competed against them in a while, but at any day that man could pull out a grand championship at any day of the week. I mean, he just, he's that good. They're, they're very good. So we're fortunate in Lincoln to have the quality of barbecue that we have with Fat Jacks. Um, another friend of ours that, uh, that is probably, I mean, he'll give Matt a run for his money when it comes to the best barbecue in Nebraska restaurant wise. Um, Blaine was Blaine Hunter out of, out of Valley, Nebraska. He, uh, was the team of the year, I think in 2017, 
Um, just an all-around awesome cook. Porky Butts Barbecue. They're getting ready to open, I think, August 9th. Uh, up on about 168th and uh, and Maple is where his new restaurant will be. Ooh, up in Omaha. Yeah, so look out Omaha. They're gonna have uh, they're gonna have some excellent excellent barbecue. I think he's actually from what the rumors I hear, he's doing Wagyu beef up there for his barbecue for his brisket, and um, I think he's gonna do a little tri tip too. But I haven't I haven't confirmed. But uh, I'll tell you, um, Blaine knows what the hell he's doing with with the smoker i mean he's he's done some great things so well that's exciting we'll have to make a trip up there to try out porky butts porky butts barbecue you can check it out online or check it out on facebook but uh again porky butts is it's legit his barbecue is amazing yeah and and well that's one thing like thinking about just you know lincoln restaurant kind of (laughs) life in general it's a lot of chain stuff around here, and and uh, you know places like Fat Jacks. People need to to get out there and support those kinds of places. Absolutely, um, you know Lincoln is a tough. Uh, a lot of people ask me. It's it's. I get this all the time, but a lot of people ask me why I don't have a brick and mortar. And um, my normal answer is is because I can tell them to go to hell if they don't like my barbecue it's kind of nice i can <laughs> say yeah exactly yeah go to hell you know hey kiss my butt you know it's uh, i really i'd love to have a brick and mortar um i wouldn't I, I guess i'd love to have the brick and mortar as long as it didn't come with the staffing headaches and everything else that comes with it and just, rent just you know the, the people enjoying your barbecue That's- yeah um, we have a lot of fun catering. Um, we have a lot of fun with our friends. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun when I uh, it, when I get home from a competition and I take uh, a pan of barbecue over to our sponsors and um, you know they're oh we get barbecue this week yeah yeah I'm bringing some by I'm bringing some by um, the thing about the support like you said you know there's a lot of people out there and, and barbecue is not a cheap thing there's a lot that goes into i mean it's it's not a burger it doesn't take two minutes each side and and then you're done it's it's sometimes you're yeah again you're you know we're hot and fast and we're still taking almost five hours with our briskets so when you take a 20 pound piece of meat and trim it down to a 13 pound piece of meat and your yield out of that is probably 10 pounds 10 pounds doesn't feed a ton of people so there is a labor of love there is a lot of stuff that goes into it and when you're you know we figure out that you know twenty dollars a pound for brisket and people cringe at that well you got to make money somewhere it's not a big mac it's not a you know it's it's not a quarter pounder it's it's you know and don't get me wrong i mean mcdonald's has its place in the world but for supporting people you know i think matt and jackie have done great for lincoln i think lincoln you know should support our local establishments like like you said i mean you know how do you think Laszlo's and Brewski's and and a lot of those local places have have sustained their clientele that long? They do great things for the for the community. I, I that doesn't mean some of these places that have faltered have not done things for the community. It's just you got to get out there, you got to support, you got to do what you can. And and I'll tell you, it you know chain restaurants. I see it in the journal all the time. What should come to what restaurant should come to Lincoln next? Well. Yeah, Cheesecake Factory would be pretty cool, but it it's kind of one of those things. Like I say with Ballast Point, it loses its interest once it's here. So oh yeah, yeah, I I you know I I draw a lot of comparisons to the food industry, to the craft beer industry, 
is is yeah people want that you know the big name whatever but then again you know like when it comes to ballast point or it comes to some other big name brewery that just comes into our our area we're our community is killing it in craft beer so yeah you 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 come into this community and you, you have offerings but you know i can grab a zipline beer off the shelf and it's going to be the same taste of the of a beer that i've had every single time from zipline because mm-hmm. their quality is amazing absolutely i can go down to boiler and get something that i've never tasted <laughs> and tim's thrown you know the, the, kitchen, the, sink. the kitchen sink yeah and exactly everything in into that beer and it's absolutely crazy and you're never going to find another beer like it right um, don't then, don't say kitchen sink because next week I'm guessing Tim's yeah. going to. Re- I hope Tim hears this and it's yeah. going to be uh, the bar rag, the kitchen <laughs> sink, and uh, Simcoe. Yes, there it is. That's the yeah. next. That's the next single that we're going to have. Gonna be that kitchen sink beer. Yes, and <laughs> I hope I hope him and Thad have a good time with that one. I I agree with you. Um, you know, how do you think New Glarus has done what they've done with what they have? And they push out so much beer, and you can only buy it in Wisconsin. Side, yeah, in, inside the state limit, you know, state uh, borders of Wisconsin. You know, next time you go into Cosmic, make sure you ask Sam about the '90s when we used to bootleg Fat Tire when we'd go down to Lawrence, or I'd go to go to Denver and we'd bootleg Fat Tire back and have orders. He's, he's told me about the times he brought Fat Tire back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know now fat tires on sixty percent. Yeah, I was, was, was going to say. Yeah, statute limitations have ran out, Sam. We're good. I think we're. I think we're solid. I have legal counsel that's saying we're solid. So, oh, yeah. but no, I I agree with you. I I agree with you in every part of the whole support Lincoln, the support the community. Um, it's something that you know Lincoln is, and I'll say this, time in a time out. There's a couple different things. It's it's not what you know. It's who you know. And Lincoln is the smallest town you'll ever live in with 250,000 people. Yeah. I mean. It's a big, small town. Yes. And to get things done, to get things coming around, and and we have to be able to support those people. Uh, You know, what's what's Omaha? A million people right now, give or take, 900,000? Yeah, somewhere, seven, eight hundred. I don't know. And, you know, to have somebody, you know, say, hey, we need an In-N-Out burger or a Cheesecake Factory or all that. Yeah, that'd be great for a couple days. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, the one thing that I, I'm glad that is here, that is that is doing well, and it seems to be a huge community boost, is Chick-fil-A. I mean, Chick-fil-A's done amazing things for Lincoln. And, you know, Charlie knows what he's doing, and he's done amazing things. I think he understands what Lincoln's all about. He's a Lincoln local. He's grown up here. He's played ball here. He knows, he knows the situation. So I agree with you that, you know, supporting those local chains, supporting the local people is, is a huge thing here. So I just hammered down that Pink Boots beer. <laughs> it was super easy to drink, and you, it's probably not a beer you should hammer down, being almost nine percent. But uh, it's so easy to drink. It's so fruity, and uh, very, very well done. Yeah, it's got a kick at the end. It's got a huge, huge little kicker at the end that uh, the bitterness comes out. You let it warm up just a touch, and that bitterness definitely comes out. All right, so I'm thinking maybe one more beer. I'm good, one more. Yeah, I'm good for one more, and um, I have to be. I have to be responsible. I have to be responsible for just a lot of different reasons, but for the end of the end of the game, I've had, uh, you know, I have a limit, and 
got to make sure we keep that limit in check. All right, so it looks like we got a sour IPA, a Goza, and a milk stout, and a Russian imperial stout. I'm going to go with Goza because it's the lightest thing in there, and it's a good ender for the night. Uh, I'll definitely go with that. I would love to have had the Russian, but uh, that's not going to end the night well. Well, this is from Paradox Beer Company. It is the MF Goza Salty Limes Mixed Fermentation Fodor Aged Goza Inspired Ale Brewed with Lime or Salt and Limes. Um, let's see. This is from so it's a margarita in a can. Kind of sounds like yeah. It, I'm yeah. thinking uh, salty margarita. Yeah, the Paradox Beer Company is from Divide, Colorado. This is also from uh, Renegade James. So thank you, James. And I'm just kidding about the margaritas. Some of those gozes are amazing. <laughs> wait, wait till you smell it. <laughs> Should I just do a shot of tequila on the yeah. side here? Or? Yeah, we might need to. I got the tequila shotgun back over there. So, wow. Hey, great can again. You know, I'll tell you. I saw this thing on on Facebook where the whole craft beer guy where he's, you know, he's in the, no. oh, come and sit down and I've got uh, avocado sandwiches. Yes. And I just Avocado toast. Yes. <laughs> it, it made me laugh. Um, and, you know, the funniest thing about it made me laugh because it is exactly what we do. You know, oh, the mouthfeel. Oh, the kid. Oh, you know. The big thing is, is. It's the time it takes those folks to design these cans. It's the time it takes for these folks to, you know, design, to design the, the. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with barbecue. I mean, yeah. it takes forever to come up with the recipe and you make it work. Yeah, come up with you know, you know how long you're cooking this meat. You know what time you're you're doing this and that to it. And um, same, it smells like a margarita. <laughs> it's not not quite a margarita. It's there, but. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, well, you know, one thing I haven't. Cheers, sir. Thank yes. you for allowing uh, Team yeah. Brew and Q on your podcast. This is this is a ton of fun. It really is. I do feel like I'm cheating you out on the beer, though. I keep taking the first pours. Yours is way hazier than mine. I'll take it. I, you know, I with the tasting panel and everything, I, I'm used to it. It's okay. <laughs> it, it's okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. I actually have to do a, uh, a craft beer training at Lazy Horse next week, so it'll be fun to be able to to bring this up. Yes. How to pour a beer 101. <laughs> this, uh, the nose on this is pretty crazy. A lot of lime, a lot of salt. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a Gosa. I'll tell you that. It's definitely one of the. Yeah, it's right there. Have you been to Lazy Horse before? I haven't. No, Dude, I... make the trip. It is probably, I will tell you, the number one destination brewery in Nebraska. If you, from anyone out of outside of Lincoln, Omaha, it is a quick drive. It's an uh, hour in. Yeah, Ohio, just outside of town there. Yeah, I mean, it's just outside of Ohio. It's probably an hour to, you know, door to door to the brewery. Um, the views are majestic, the, the beers are good. Um, Jim does a great thing. He he listens to his customers. He listens to what's going on. Um, they have amazing wood fire pizzas. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's legit. Julie does a great great job with the pizza. It, I mean she literally she's the backbone. I mean Jim won't <laughs> say it, but she is the backbone to keep everything going. But at the end of the day, they do some amazing things with 
They understand their clientele. They don't brew monster beers. They, you know, you'll never find a you know eleven and a half, twelve percenter. I, I did a training with them probably uh, in May, I think, is when it was, and I took out. Um, I took a barrel-aged brown, and I took a uh, barrel-aged imperial and said, hey, let's just do a quick tasting. <laughs> All of them. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so oh, You know, you get this. It's like, guys, these are called monsters. Yeah. These are those 11, 14 percenters that you'll never see. You'll never have here. He, he, you know, they just don't do barrel-aging. They don't do that type of beer. And, and they have a really good lineup of lighter beers they do a really good ipa and i saw just recently they've got some new rattlers mm-hmm. here not yeah so those are lighter easy to drink you know shandies rattlers stuff like that yeah and he understands his clientele i mean it's bush light country sure you know and with them having the it's a winery as well as a as a craft brewery so if not into beer they've got great wine there and again oh. destination saturday afternoon they do bingo on sundays so they open up on Sundays and play bingo. I've, it's it's always been something because they open like at three o'clock on Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday they're open. So, just with with my day job, I'm always like, well, where am I going to be out on a Friday? Is there any way that I can travel to? That Absolutely, I can swing in there for an open on Friday and then still make it home. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, if you call him, uh, Dane, he'll get you hooked up. You know, give him a call, get, he'll get you a quick tour and at least show you around. I mean, obviously, it'll it'll be one of those things. But you know, there's always beer on, which is great, and we've been fortunate enough the last two years to do. Uh, he does a crawfish boil every year so we do a crawfish feed for 150 200 people and wow. we cook up uh quite a bit of crawfish for them and and we have a hell of a good time doing it so crawfish boils are fun at breweries i'm i remember i went down to i was down in austin texas seeing a friend and we went to a brewery that did one just huge amounts just all over the place oh yeah well they have crawfish down there that's the that's the tough part is when you're paying you know seven bucks eight bucks a pound or six bucks a pound to bring it in it's uh oh, it's like 10 know. bucks all you can eat oh yeah oh no no yeah this is there's a little bit more to nebraska crawfish than but uh we're we were thinking about doing this year we we're thinking about doing a sweet corn boil you know, having having everybody come out for a sweet corn boil, but it's a little uh, little tougher on that deal. I think it's right here. You, no. yes. Oh, but maybe it's Nick. You know, yeah, it's Nick. Yeah, but uh, I I do a lot of you know I travel a lot and hit a lot of breweries and stuff like that, and that's definitely one that is on my list that I just have not been able to get to. Another one that I hear is, is an awesome brewery, is Stone Hollow, that just opened up on Beatrice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know the brewer down there, uh, Brian, does really well down there. Um, again, give them some time. Give them some, give them some time. It, it's the same thing of getting their, letting them get their feet under themselves and be able to understand what the bottom line is and understand what they can do and understand what they need to make sure their customers understand what they're trying to do versus oh i had this beer it was bad well mm-hmm. come on guys it's you know uh, again the different styles that come out the different things that are um and it seems like he's cranking out all different kinds of styles absolutely he's doing s- sours he's doing ciders he's doing stouts porters ipas he's doing just you know uh adjunct you know american adjunct lagers because you know he's southern nebraska he's in that you know bush light bud light absolutely oh absolutely and again it's a it's a great thing to see these breweries pop up it's a great thing to see 
well, what I would say is, you know, a huge, huge push with with the new style of beer. I mean, the new style of brewing. I mean, a lot of people, they'll do brewery tours now. They'll do brewery hops. It's like, hey, let's go to Omaha for the day and, and just go brewery hopping. Hey, sure. let's go to Lincoln for the day and brewery hopping. Hey, let's, so you know. Or have a flight at each place. Yeah. I mean, you what you have a flight of four or five beers. Mm-hmm. That's equivalent to about one full pint. And you jump around and try different things all over the place. The tough part is, is when you find one you like and you have twelve pints after the fact. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You don't. You know, maybe three, three yeah. pints. You know, and and get it done and go from there. Um, Except I'm the kind of guy that does that with you know barrel aged stouts. So yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that that's definitely not good at all. You you have to. That's why God. I I think you know God invented Uber because of of craft brewing. You know, that's right. or wives that don't drink beer. That's another good thing when the, you know you, you can you can always live down uh, having a wife come and pick you up. So that's the big thing. You know, I'm sure you always say, "Please drink responsibly." We have to drink responsibly. That's right. I'd I'd maybe talk about Uber or Lyft if they decided to sponsor a Fridgey Guys podcast, but I'll just call my wife. Well, maybe Z Trip uh, taxis or whatever that's yeah. local. There you go. There we go. Z Trip. So, but no, man. Um, Again, I can't thank you enough for having us on here. I, you know, um, one thing we didn't touch on is, you know, when it comes to beer pairings with barbecue, uh, I think an IPA is a great pair. Um, the the IPA, the hops, and the and everything that goes along with that, a little bit of a little bit of tinge up front, is going to cut off that that smoke. It's going to cut down a little bit of that fat. It's going to cut through a lot of that stuff. So when it comes to a beer pairing with barbecue, now um, I would say a good wheat beer with chicken. <laughs> you know, that's what I was just going to say is a wheat beer because, you know, a lot of the barbecue, you know, I, I've gone to Texas for barbecue. I've gone to Kansas City for barbecue. I've never gone to, what do they say, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then where else? Uh, Chicago. I don't know. Mm. Uh, so you got Memphis. You got Memphis, and Memphis is the big dry rub. Yeah. You know, it's a big no sauce dry rub. You go to Carolinas is the mustard based vinegary, vinegary, and I've had that, and it's amazing. You got Kansas City. You've got uh, Texas style salt, pepper, smoke. Kansas City is going to be that molassesy, tomatoey, like you know, sauce. sugary sauce. Um, California has its own barbecue. I mean, really? it's yeah, oh yeah. It's I mean, vegan. it's not <laughs> vegan. I promise, it's not vegan. Um, but you know, everybody's going to say theirs is the best. Everybody's going to say, you know, I mean, you you find what you like. That's a big thing. Is you find what you like. If you like, uh, you know, find a sauce you like. You find stuff. What I would say is, um, don't be afraid to try new things. Um, you know, I'm married to somebody that that uh eats the same thing every restaurant we go to uh you know if we go out from mexican it's enchiladas we go out to burgers it's a bacon burger it's you know don't be afraid uh don't be afraid to try new things don't be afraid to to get out there and and try new sauces try new you know it's kind of like the beers you know that's why i'm i I think that's why i'm not a six-pack or a case guy um, I like to mix and match and, and find things I like. And if I don't like it, I don't want five other beers sitting there in front of me, staring me in the face saying, you bought me, please drink me. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, one, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. So competition barbecue, have yes. you ever thought about, I know you said about a brick and mortar, but what about, uh, you know, 
you know, food trucks or set. Yeah, I know you do a little bit of catering. Yep. Right. We have a trailer. Yeah, we have so. a trailer. We cater. The big thing that Lincoln has not quite figured out, and don't get me wrong, I like the city. I love the city of Lincoln. I'm here. Like, don't put me in a bad spot here. I don't want to see my name in the paper or the journal of saying, "Hey, I was this." But the city needs to reevaluate, and and they've heard this for ten years. This would be something that Nick would be telling. Yes, us and <laughs> and hey, praise Nick right here. Lincoln needs to reevaluate their food truck laws. They need to reevaluate their food truck, their their trailers. Um, it's, I get it. It's it's one of those things. But when you look at places like Portland, Austin, Austin Seattle, Chicago, even Omaha, Denver, you look at they have food truck days, food truck lines, food truck festivals. Um. And Lincoln's still kind of behind the times on this thing. You know, we lost Rib Fest. Why can't we replace it with Food Truck Fest? Why can't we Why can't we use Pinnacle Bank Arena parking lot? I, you know, Tom, sorry for pulling you out here. If Tom <laughs> Lorenz, if you listen to this, that's awesome. Congratulations. But, you know, why can't we use, you know, I remember July Jam. I remember going down to the Haymarket, you know, downtown yeah. where it was, you know, they blocked things off and it was a street dance and everybody had fun and, Budweiser had pulled down the big trailer and it was taps out of the Budweiser trailer and I mean a lot of things that I understand money it, it's all about money I excuse me I get that but you've got a lot of hard-working food truck people you've got a lot of hard-working people just in general trying to make it work I mean you look at the tasty trailer look at Tasty's that was a landmark of Lincoln that yep. went down the guy revived it to make three tasty trailers and now they're all over Lincoln daily. Yep. I would, I don't know how I would do in a food truck. I've never been in that environment. I've seen it, but hell, I think I'd be claustrophobic and just be like <laughs> crazy. I'd be shaking all the time. Um, no, I, I would love to have now that we've lost Ribfest, I, I don't want to lose it forever. I, you know, Ribfest was a good thing for Lincoln. It brought in some, some guys that you know had a, a niche for ribs gave people in Lincoln a, a chance to see you know what different ribs from different areas were fine um, you know my partner Chad's gonna probably cringe when I say this but you know I've been a huge um, opponent of rib fest because they won't let local cookers in they never let local cookers in really? no they never let um, they never let local cookers in because they felt that local cookers would you know, you can always go to Fat Jacks. Sure. So it would deter from some of those folks that, you know, you could always go to. But there's some of us local cookers that don't have brick and mortar that would still love to be able to say, look, I cooked 40 racks of ribs. Come try our ribs. Come compete. Yeah. You know, there was a huge competition in Omaha at Pinnacle or at, uh, at uh, Papillion uh, at the Storm Chaser Stadium. I'm trying to hit Warner Park. Sorry. Sorry, Derek, if you're listening. <laughs> um you know, Warner Park has a huge event. Arlington, Nebraska has a huge event. Valley, Nebraska has a huge event. Holdridge, Nebraska has a huge event. I think Lincoln, I think it's time for Lincoln to get a KCBS event here. Uh, I think we've got the, the area to do it. We've got the manpower. We've got everything we can. And why not have a KCBS competition here and have people come up? And I, I'm not saying it would be one of those situations where, no, 10,000 people could come down and try everybody's barbecue. But at the end of the day, 
we can make something work. And, you know, the food truck frenzy or the, you know, the food truck follies, I don't know what you want to call it, but I think there's some opportunity uh, for some new ideas to come out of Lincoln versus, you know, Ribfest had been here for 15, 18 years, whatever it was, 21 years. Yeah. And I remember going to it when I was in front of Pershing yeah. Auditorium. I mean, it was there for how many years? And Forever. Yeah. Forever. And I mean, I, you know, and maybe that's one of the reasons that it didn't quite grow is I think a lot of times people look at that whole blocking off those streets and being able to walk around downtown and have fun. And, and maybe that's something we need to go back to. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'll never, you know, I, I don't see my run for city council in the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think there's a lot Lincoln has to offer. And I think there's a lot of things that can uh, help Lincoln grow and help Lincoln, you oh, know, yeah. do what it is. But I'm, I, I'm totally on board with a, a local uh, barbecue event, local barbecue, local craft beer, local music. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. It is a no-brainer. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are going to support that. The issue is is who's going to take it on and move with it. That's right. If only we knew somebody that worked at the Salt Dogs that have a big uh, uh, parking lot. <laughs> we Actually, the one of the first barbecue events and uh, you know, non-Ribfest barbecue events was at the ballpark. I, I hosted an event in 2014, my last year with the Salt Dogs. I had an event there with the... Uh, uh, Midwest Barbecue Association. We did a barbecue contest. So, at the end of the day, it it comes down to uh, it comes down to a little bit of support, sponsorship, and and somebody that's going to take uh, take the bull by the horns and and go with it. That's right. Well, Toby, um, how can people uh, you know find out more about Team Brew and Q? Well, I would say the easiest way is to check us out on Facebook, uh, Team Brewing Q. Uh, you're more than welcome to check us out that way. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we don't tweet a lot. We definitely don't don't tweet as much as we probably you should. You should probably and be tweeting pictures of all your meat. You know, we, you know that that's a that's one of the things that is out there is you don't uh, take pictures of your competition stuff because other people shig. There's uh, shigging is kind of cheating. It's like when you look and try not to get uh, try not to get people to look at uh, what you're doing. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We do Instagram, we do Facebook. Um, we are a, a work in progress. I will tell you that um, we've got our sponsorships, we've got our stuff, but a website will come in, in due time. We're actually working on a catering contract right now to work on some more catering events and and uh, and that sort of stuff. I'm sure. Hopefully the health department's not listening. No, I'm just kidding. We we're fully licensed and fully fully good to go with the health department. They they like us, but uh, at the end of the day, we both have awesome full time jobs. Sure. And this is a good passion for us. Um, our wives are super supportive, so I have to say hello to Becca and hello to my wife Lisa. Um, our families and and wives are huge supporters of this. Um, they wouldn't be if uh, we wouldn't be doing this without them and without their support. So at the end of the day, it's kind of a uh, kind of a good thing. But at the end of the day, we we take care of those who take care of us, and uh, that's why you know we've got Norland and Cabela's and Tuffy's and helping you and and Smart Chicken and everything like that. So um, check us out on Facebook, and and hopefully we'll. Uh, have more to support and more to see here after the Royal of 2019. That's right. So for more catering or events uh, information, you can contact them at teambrewnq at gmail.com. 
Once again, their sponsors are Beatty Outdoors, Smart Chicken, Helping You Barbecue, Carlson Irrigation, Norland Pure, Fat Boys, uh, All Natural Barbecue, Cabela's, Counterculture, Hutchinson Association, Stonebrook Roofing, uh, Masters, what is Masters? Masters Financial, it's uh, Hutchinson as well, and oh. Stonebrook Exterior, they changed uh, oh, after we put right. that up. Yeah, Stonebrook Exterior, we can't leave those guys out. Those guys, you ever need uh, siding, roofing, anything, those guys are uh, amazing. Yep, and Tuffy's Tire and Auto Service. So those are the sponsors for Team Brew and Q right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I've got some koozies. I've got a cutting board. I've got barbecue sauce. I've got a belly full of delicious beers that we just drank. We had Single Speed Brewing from Iowa Dave F35 Double Dry Hopped New England IPA. We had the Big Grove Brewing Red Wedding Wheat. It's a fruited sour ale. Both those from Iowa Dave. Thank you, Dave. Um, then we had the Liquid Mechanics Brewing Peanut Butter Porter. That was from uh, Eric out of Colorado. And uh, then back to back beers from Renegade James. We had the Everything But Bananas uh, Milkshake Double IPA. Then the Mixed Fermentation Goza Salty Lime from Paradox Beer Company. Um, would you care to to maybe pick a top beer of the night? Oh, uh, I will pick top can of the night was the F-35 just for the aviation, but top beer of the night, hands down, uh, uh, Weldworks, the anything everything but, or but everything bananas. but banana, or it, I think it was for Anna. Ban was, yeah, Ban Anna. That was hands down solid. Yeah. Just solid beer. Such a crazy amount of fruit in that beer. Yeah. And the color. I mean, to get that thing as pink as the can, amazing. Exactly, yep. So thank you for listening to episode 13 of... 19. Uh, no. Yeah, 19, 13. baby. There that's, we go. That's what happens when you drink five beers. Uh, 19, episode 19 of Fridge Guys podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Fridge Guys. Uh, t- find us on Twitter, at Fridge underscore Guys. Instagram is just at Dane Patton because I... I'm too lazy to start another one, and I just post pictures of the beers we drink anyway. Um, you can uh, listen to this on anywhere that Three Beers Later is hosted, threebeerslater.com, fridgeguys.beer, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, iTunes, all those places. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.